Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for Friday, April 1st, 2016. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer you Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. DigitalOcean is the best place to get your Meteor application off the ground quickly and the easiest to scale when you find success. I host Crater.io there, so I understand DigitalOcean. Start with a pre-configured one-click launch, such as Node.js, to get it up and running in 55 seconds, or build the exact infrastructure you need with root access to servers running 100% SSD and state-of-the-art data centers around the world. DigitalOcean is the fastest-growing cloud infrastructure provider because it's built for developers and laser-focused on its mission to create simple and elegant solutions for developers and teams. Use the promo code CRATER10 on the billing page when you sign up for $10 to get started. Welcome, Crater fans. What? Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, I'm so rusty. Yeah? With Avi coming on board, I totally forgot ah. the intro of this, of this show. I'm your host, Josh Jones, along with my rusty co-host. Ben Strahan. Welcome. Happy April Fool's Day. Yes, indeed. This is actually this is gonna be the new Elm podcast. Oh no, that's I'm, great. Just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook appreciate all the love that we've gotten from the Elm community. Oh yeah, it has been cool. <laughs> it has been, yeah. You know, I didn't even know about it. Someone's like, Oh hey, congrats on getting in Elm Weekly. And I'm like, What what are you talking about? I actually knew before you because they did a little tweet. And they mentioned me in it. I don't, they didn't mention you. Yeah, they did. They mentioned me. Oh, did they? They must have yeah. done separate ones then. Okay. Yeah, they mentioned Ramsey too. In I a, thought it was important. No. So now I'm just no. one of the crew. You're just a guy. Just a guy. The dude. Just a, just a podcaster. <laughs> so I did, I did get a little fooled yesterday because did you, did you see the post about Aaron Noda? Oh, yeah. But yeah. you called it. Well, I'm reading it and I'm like, wait a minute I'm yeah like, it's, it's april 1st over there like yeah this is totally, totally he's trolling us he said he was quitting uh kadira and he's moving to san francisco to work on react which hey you know it's not impossible i it guess it was believable it was I'm, yeah i'm gonna go work for facebook guys yeah that which i mean i pulled the same thing last year when i was like you know yeah. facebook is buying uh meteor and everyone's like what yeah <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yes. funny yes so uh, this year i uh, i saw a tweet from neil dash and uh, i'm getting ready to press the upload button on a new youtube series uh that was inspired by his tweet where he said like don't do stupid jokes instead do something good for the world so i did like a uh, debugging techniques in javascript video and uh, if people like it then maybe i'll keep doing them who knows very cool. Yeah. I hope people do like them. Yeah. Guys, go ahead and go to go to YouTube, subscribe to Josh's channel. Yes. I, I said in the video, if I get 50 likes, I'll do at least one more. So if you like it, you should give it a thumbs up. 
Totally. All right. So this week we are talking about a Meteor 1.3 study plan, React Storybook, which is very, interesting too. Very interesting. Did you watch the, uh, the uh, Dev Night last night? I watched the tail end of, um, of uh, Zoltan's talk and mm-hmm. the beginning of Sashko's, and then I had to go. Okay, so neither of us have seen the chromatic stuff, which is apparently similar. Building your own galaxy, rolling your own galaxy, smoking it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, React Router Basics. Yes. Let's roll with it, man. Roll, roll, rolling. I I got roll on the brain. I don't know why. So Meteor 1.3 study plan. In case you missed it, Meteor 1.3 is out. Not sure what rock you're living under. Yeah. If you did miss it. Uh, but if you're not, you knew about this. And, and I, I did a little poll. I'm kind of curious now. I never looked at the final results of it. Oh, uh, I saw that. That yeah, was a good one. Just asking people like how fast they thought they were going to upgrade. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was actually getting some mixed response there. So I was, I was kind of interested in. Yeah. I picked the third one. <laughs> yeah what was that one again i gotta ship features so who knows <laughs> yeah that was me <laughs> a lot of people said like within this week right yeah so 53 percent of the people said this week 31 percent said maybe in april 12 percent said uh crap no gotta ship stuff and four percent said never imports and npm suck <laughs> wait a minute how many what percent said that four percent oh okay good yeah, I was, was going to say. Low like, number. And, you know, I mean, like, given what went down last week with NPM, uh, it's a fair thing to say, I guess, that you don't like NPM. I'm glad that it, that, that happened. Now the conversation is, is happening. There's going to be solutions. And- well, yeah, they've, they've already made a change to their policy, so you can't uh, unpublish a package if it's been more than 24 hours. And then mm. you have to contact them if you want to. So, you know. Good changes, I think. Anyway, so 1.3, if you haven't tried it yet, I think quite a few people have already upgraded, right? And mm-hmm. so I think the new features are kind of like an opt-in. And so you can do the upgrade and just pretend like nothing changed in your Meteor app and you're fine. And so yeah. then you can slowly start switching to NPM and using the import system and that kind of stuff. Uh, so with this article that we're reporting on that Sashka Grief put together... Uh, it goes one step further, and it says now that the 1.3 like ecosystem is here, mm-hmm. like the whole new way of thinking of apps, how do you put it all together? And initially, that's what Discover Meteor does if you buy that course. But he was saying like that's a huge undertaking. It so, is. So here's a little index of what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, and you know they're in this awkward position now where <laughs> Tom works for MDG and he's primarily working on the guides, but he's also yes. co-authors of Discovery. So oh, interesting. I totally yeah. didn't put those two together. So yeah. Tom is like a full-time documenter. <laughs> and he's also writing like a paid book as well. So yes, there's, there's a slight, I don't know if it's a direct conflict of interest, but there's something there. Like I've, I've had some conversations with Sasha and they're trying to figure out the best way to do it. And does it make sense to upgrade the book series for 1.3, et cetera, et cetera. Like these are the same things I struggle with, you know, do I redo 
a series like my my Master of Meteor series? Is it worth it? Do people care? Yeah. It seems like a lot of people care from what I've seen. So yeah, well, and like this is really interesting for their like business plan because before the guide, uh, when 1.0 came out, oh my gosh, there was a huge push uh, from MDG to get people on Discover Meteor. Mm-hmm. You know, and they had the free day. Yeah, I remember. I mean, this was like massive stuff. Now that the guide's out, I don't see MDG ever supporting like Discover Media. Like they point everyone to the guide or the tutorials. Like they got their own resources now. So yeah. does that affect demand a little bit? I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Like there's a lot to think about here. But I think the article itself is really great. If nothing else, like he's kind of giving you the links on where to go learn about all the different topics that you may care about in regards to 1.3. Like obviously we've, we've talked about data loading in the past on this show and the different options that are there, like create container or react composer or tracker react. And now there's tracker.component, which came out this week as well. (laughs) Um, So lots of options, but you know, he highlights all that and kind of shows you like, this is where you're going to do your media subscribe and he links to the different areas where you can kind of learn about it. So like, it's not, the end all be all like telling you how to do everything like the book might be, but it's definitely a collection of links. It's almost like an outline. I think for him to go back and rewrite the book more than anything. Yeah. It's really valuable. Yeah. I was going to say it really f- is reminiscent of the book where I, when I got the original discover meteor book, I really enjoyed it. It gave me those little tidbits and information that I needed from an experienced developer and their point of view. And this is what this article does too. It breaks it down. And there was a few things that like I found interesting, uh, especially like the form section, you know, like that's always something that we're going to be talking about going forward. And then, you know, he had a whole section dedicated to state, Mm. um, which, you know, before when in the past with Meteor, it was just like not really talked about that much. Reactive VAR came later. And now we have the whole thing with Redux, Flex, uh, and and now state management is huge. So it was good to see that in there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I've had some fun like playing around with local client-side collections only to manage some state. But yeah, it kind of links to all the different options. And some of it, I mean, like, you know, the, the testing was definitely, there's just a punt, right? He, li- he links to the uh, section on testing in the Meteor Guide itself. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, I think there's there's good stuff in here. Like most people don't even know. Like this week, also React Accounts UI came out from. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, let's make sure I get the name right. Studio Interact, uh, which is where Tim Braden works, and it's been pretty awesome to watch because uh, you know he he was putting stuff together, and I was like, hey, I've got some code I was thinking about extracting, and uh, there's been this conversation going back and forth in the Space Dojo Slack. You know, it's been awesome to see that thing kind of come together and people in that room are all working together on that. And so like Nova has already switched over to use React Account UI. Uh, So I've been able to play with that and I was able to, I don't know, give some code for them to look at. So the social account stuff's in there now. It's really awesome. It is Uh, awesome. that's, That's pointed out in this article as well. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, wow, so this is like really fresh, this article. Super fresh, like up to the second. Yeah, seriously. 
as of this week. It's outdated. As of, as of the time you hear this, it's already outdated. <laughs> even if you've been following 1.3, uh, this is a quick enough read that, and it has like that one or two valuable things that you might not know about where I recommend it to everyone to like go through and, and check it out, do a quick skim of it. It's a great storybook. See that segue? So smooth. <laughs> so tell us about React's storybook, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so another uh, instance of the Aeronauta robot got fired up. And this one was very creative. So, And it came up with this, this new like repo called React Storybook. So, mm-hmm. It's like, what is this? So essentially what you can do is you could add this to uh, your project and then go and fire it up in the UI and you can essentially make a isolated component, React component, feed it some state and be able to play around with it in the browser, pass it around to other people, be able to isolate like a new component and have people test it. And it's pretty neat. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So I think the goal here is the isolation, right? Yeah. The ability to create that component sans any other piece of your application being there. And so like if I if I think about where this would be useful, like developing a video player, right? And something like that, like developing that video player component and applying some styling there and making sure it looks good on its own in React Storybook and then bringing that back in and just applying putting it into your full app and applying the data, like the props correctly and everything should work. And I don't know. I like this. I think it's fun. Um, it is fun. Uh, it goes past like just isolating, but since it's integrated with your current app, all of a sudden now you can import everything that's already in your app. Yes. So CSS, other components that you got. And that's huge as well. This is why UI is messy because it is a messy situation. And this is like giving you all the tools that, that you need, all the resources that you need that are already in the app. You don't need to recreate it, but yet it's giving you the isolation that you mm-hmm. both wished you had. So it's, it's really combining things in a unique way where it's making developing for the UI a lot smoother, just a more enjoyable experience. And I think that's how he framed it. He framed it correctly at the beginning of the, of the article. Yeah, I am really stoked to try this out. I I wanted to try this out before our show. I just didn't have the time to do it. Yeah, but I'm very excited to see this. Yeah, the interesting thing we were talking about, like before we got into the stories, was last night there was a Meteor Dev Night, and I know we're we're maybe a little Meteor heavy focused here on the podcast still, um, but we do talk about other other things as well, and. Like Storybook, React Storybook is it's just Node. Like it's using, I think it's using Webpack. It's uh, it's not really dependent on Meteor. You can right. use it with Meteor. Uh, you can use it with Express. You can use it with anything you want, um, and it'll just work. And then last night, MDG kind of announced a similar tool. I thought it was it was funny. They they kind of released on the same day. They released Chromatic, and oh, uh, that was an MDG. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Dom gave a talk. It included some of this. They used this to develop uh, their React interface for Galaxy itself. The interesting thing is, like, it's an MDG package. And so you add the package to your app, 
And uh, then you can start using chromatic and they've got this thing called specs. I didn't see the talk and they're, Whoa, I'm super interested now. Yeah. Their, their readme is like, eh, it could be better. I'll give props to Aeronota for firing up one of the other bots to get better docs. <laughs> but <laughs> Aeronota is seriously impressive guys. Like, like we, we talk about like the Aeronota bot and we're not like trying to like, this is like all 100% professional respect when we say that. We yes. just yeah, yeah. Well, and to be fair, like most people don't realize Kadira is like a five person company too. So it's yeah. not all just him, but he does quite a bit. So yeah. But yeah, so like this got released and uh, you can create components uh, using it. And uh, I still don't get the, the specs piece of it, but uh, it, it's, it's interesting because Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even look at this. They have a bunch of components that you can install too, like MDG animations, MDG buttons that they're using. So I don't know. It's probably like if you're looking at this and you're a Meteor fan, it's probably worth looking at. But, uh, you know, obviously like it's going to be focused on Meteor ecosystem for the time being. So I'm guessing this is like Dom's project. Mm -hmm. He's heading that up. Hmm. I am so blown up. I, I'm pretty interested now. Dom does good stuff. So actually, I don't think so. This is you don't uh, think he does good stuff. No, no, no. I don't think it's his project. <laughs> really, it sounded just the word animation sounds like him. He's very uh, much focused on UX. Zihenya. What uh, was the committer? And he's got at least all the commits. Maybe Dom created it. I don't know. And the plot thickens. I should have researched this more before we got on here. Sorry, guys. Man, I am totally dive into this later. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you're if you're looking for something like this, uh, I know Phil from uh, Respondly gave a talk a while back about UI harness. Uh, it was kind of a similar idea, mm-hmm. uh, just an isolated environment for, I think, for people to build stuff. Like, I I see this being interesting. Like working with Amanda, you know, she was trying to build components and doing her best to try to hook it all up correctly. And this might be much more user-friendly for her to work with. So um, Absolutely. And they, then also just testing. So if you notice on this, you're able to toggle state right away. Mm. And that's the thing with UI. Like, okay, you got a full-blown developed UI on there. How do we test the UI? Yeah. We go in there. We try to remember all the different states that something different happens. Well, here you can just like have that on the side and click it. Yeah. I'd almost be interested to see like enzyme testing built into this or something, (laughs) you know, Mm. that could be interesting too. I'll have to play with it though. Very cool. Talk about playing with something. Playing. Yeah. Playing with your food. I don't know. Um, A little little hobby that turned into something amazing. Yeah. I don't know if it was amazing, but uh, I definitely spent a lot of time on it. Yes. So building your own, Meteor Galaxy hosting setup, digital ocean. Digital ocean style. I guess disclaimer: they are they are a uh, sponsor of this show. We love them, and you know, honestly, like I reached out to them because uh, I've had such a great experience hosting my own Meteor apps, right? And so, like, there's this weird. Like, I started testing. There's another article I have comparing like Modulus and uh, Heroku. And I mentioned DigitalOcean at the end. Mm-hmm. And, um, like the site just always stated DigitalOcean. Crater did after I wrote that article. And I never really moved anywhere else. Oh, I remember that. 
Yes. Yeah. That was a while so ago. Yeah. I really wanted to get into like, how do I, how do I scale out my setup bigger? And it turns out like some of the things Meteor is really terrible at is when there's any kind of blocking operation going on in node, like it degrades the experience for everyone that's connected. And so it turns out like upvoting a post on Trader or pulling in, you know, subscriptions or any of that kind of stuff, like that's all blocking. And so if you came along and some other guy came along at the same time and loaded up Crater, like you would get your data first, but he'd sit there spinning, waiting for the page. And so that is suboptimal. And so what you really want to do is try to load balance that across multiple app servers. Because if you come along and you block on server one and uh, she comes along and, and hits server two, like you're going to end up both getting a slightly better experience. Like you may get a little you know, lag coming out of the database because you're both trying to get the same data, but you're not like blocking um, in both places. And so it turned Mm -hmm. out that a lot of times people would run a blocking operation. You don't realize it and it kind of degrades the experience for everyone else that's connected. So having two plus servers means you, you're less likely to kind of see or hit that problem. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I, uh, I set out to create something that would allow me to do that easily just using MUP and uh, using DigitalOcean. And I still have one more piece of this article to write. So if you look on there, I've got the, um, the infographic that shows you how everything's working. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pre-render piece has not been documented yet, but everything else uh, should be documented up to this point. And for the sake of argument, since we're you know, using, comparing this to Galaxy, I use Compose. Um, which is what I use for the other article as well. They do a great job like hosting the database and Galaxy doesn't offer a database yet. So just going to yeah. get that there. So you go over firing up uh, the servers, getting them set up. You have load balancing in there. You have CDN in there. You have SSL support yeah. in there. Like, yeah. This is like, pretty amazing. Yeah, and I put all this at the top of the article, like links to setting up SSL and CDN, which, you know, I've kind of been working on. Honestly, you could probably wrap all this into a book. <laughs> yeah. I initially thought about doing that and thought, eh, like, I'm not sure it's worth my time. Or mm. O'Reilly, call this man up. Lock him in. They have terrible terms. I talked to them about writing a book. It's ugh, not good. <laughs> So I think, you know, I I don't really go over MUP itself in the article. I feel like plenty of people have written that article and MUP is enough. Like, just go look at that. And um, I'm actually in the process of switching the whole thing to MUPX, so it'll be using Docker under the hood too. But it actually turned out to not be that hard, right? And so a lot of people talk about sticky sessions, like how does that work and mm-hmm. how do I need it? So I kind of cover a lot of that, like here's why you need it. And then like it really was just a one-liner in Nginx to say IP hash. And basically it looks at the IP coming in, right? And it'll run an algorithm and then send you to that server. And it, as long as you stay on that same IP, next time you come in, you'll end up on that same server. So that's kind of important. It uh, is. Yeah. Do you think like this is more like just recanting your memories of being in the trenches and learning things as you go, uh, optimizing, uh, as needed. Cause I know like this has been like a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. I like most of this was done in, uh, December. And so, yeah, a lot of it was like, I just went in and collected a bunch of links that I've linked to in the article that show you how to, 
to do the different things like custom compiling your uh, Nginx for Ubuntu. And so like you still use the package that's out there, but then you can custom compile it and then install that package. So you get like all the upstart scripts and that kind of stuff. Mm. It was a lot of that. And frankly, like that's probably where a lot of my blog posts come from. It's like, I've done a thing and now I'm going to tell you how I did a thing. Like it's not necessarily, I, I, I talk about things that I'm doing for clients or for myself in some way, not necessarily just some tutorial. I just sat down and decided like, I'm going to write a tutorial. Um, yeah. It's not really my style. I try to teach from experience, I guess. Um, and that's huge. Like there's, there needs to be more of that because really quickly uh, everyone has experienced where there's just a bunch of beginner tutorials out there. Where do you go for like the medium and advanced levels? So, and that's what I always appreciate about what you put together. Yeah. At the same time, you talk at the level that anyone can understand you. So, yeah, I, I try to, that's always been, I don't know, I think a strength of mine. I don't like, even before I started programming, I remember getting hired and they, they said one of the things they really enjoyed uh, when they hired me at Avon was the fact that I could relate to someone who didn't necessarily understand tech stuff and explain it in a way that they could start to grasp the concepts. So, and I think a lot of that is just like, don't put too much jargon in what you're saying, you know, and then find a good way to compare it to something that makes sense to them. I once had a speech teacher that uh, handed out a book that it was like, some, like learn a new advanced word every day. And you have to then find what that word means and use it like, use it like 50 times a day. That was the goal. <laughs> and then he created, uh, and you could tell this guy prided himself on that because no one knew what he was talking about all the time because he was using all these fancy words mm. and it was just like, yeah. Yeah. Um, anywho. Talk about fancy words. Let's let's talk let's talk about a tutorial. (laughs) Cool. So the Meteor Chef uh, came out with an article that really has been one that's been needing to like come out, which is React Router Basics. Just like to circle back really quick to give some context. In the study plan for 1.3 that Sasha Grief put together that we uh, talked about. He didn't mention React Router. He didn't. He he said he said go ahead and use Flow Router, and and I would have to. I really like Flow Router. I really like Flow Router, but I really like the utility of React Router itself. And so the thing is, though, there it's a different paradigm on how you make routes with React Router. So with Flow Router and Iron Router, it kind of like pick up and like get going with either one, right? Like we learned Iron Router first, Flow Router came out, you're like, oh, I totally get this. Boom. Well, to me, it makes more sense, right? When I hit a route, there's a component that I want to render. And that's really what React Router is doing. Yes. And Flow Flow Router, though, you could use it with Blaze. You can. And React. Right. And you can choose to mount something or you can choose to just run some JavaScript code. Like there's mm-hmm. no reason, like it, it actually has a little more flexibility. Server-side rendering is a lot easier. But... It is, but I, it's possible with React Router as well. Yes, it is possible. And like you were saying at the beginning, everything's through a component. Mm-hmm. And that's what is like a little bit of a shift. But if you're going to be developing everything in React, this is actually this is actually where you want to work in. You want to, you want to have something that's flexible and built like a component. You then have all the tools 
that you have in React disposable to you mm-hmm. in this component as well. It's just going to get you going a whole lot more, helping you with the edge cases. Now, this is a basic overview of React Router. So what I mean by basic is they have a really simple route. They have navigation. They have a navigation component on how you trigger routes. And then what was the last thing that he had? Oh, layouts. And there's one more. Why am I? Parameters, passing through parameters. Uh, But he doesn't get into authentication. And, I don't, and I don't know that that is something that should be covered in a basic router tutorial, though. I, I agree. I 100% agree. This, this is a great basic uh, article. And the reason why, though, I want to emphasize basic is because you go out and you start using this tutorial, you're going to hit a wall right away in any app that you're making pretty much when, when you need to have authentication integration in there mm-hmm. and a bunch of other things. He does cover conditional routing with uh, uh, 404s mm-hmm. if something's not available. So this will, this is definitely like a great like first step to understanding React Router. And in typical Ryan fashion, uh, Mr. Meteor Chef himself did a great job writing the detailed explanation of this tutorial. I like yeah. how he shares a snippet and then he breaks down everything in that snippet right, right below it, like in, in amazing detail. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. I, uh, I've actually been, I think the, I've got a project I'm starting this weekend that I think I'm going to use React Router for. And, you know, my, my thoughts here are, uh, I think there's a, a smart team of people working on React Router and they're shipping stuff at a faster rate than, you know, say other options out on the market. And I think that's a similar reason people look at Flow Router instead of Iron Router now. Uh, which was funny because I saw your tweet about what ninety four percent of people are oh. still using Iron Router, which oh. I, I think was maybe biased. Like we just haven't gotten a lot of Flow Router people to put in there. <laughs> Rankmeteor.com or whatever that URL. Was. Well, and so if you, I'm on npm right now. I'm gonna go to React Router. Like React Router's numbers totally like overshadow any numbers that iron router and uh flow router have gotten right yeah. and i you know i think beyond that the react community is just bigger than the meteor community is which theoretically means that you know this is a better tested in the wild package than necessarily mm-hmm. anything else that you might be able to download and use so kind of my thought process why i want to give it a try and i don't know look at listen to these numbers almost Almost 600,000 downloads in the last month. Only 15 open GitHub issues. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is, that is amazing. Like, that's a testament to Ryan Florence, I think, yeah. in his work. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, I'm kind of curious now to look at uh, Flow Router has 25,000 downloads. Yeah, that's what... 396,000. React Router did 26,000 yesterday. <laughs> just for the day <laughs> it's had more <laughs> daily downloads than flow router ever uh which is interesting i also think so there was a question as to whether looking here react account ui is still showing zero app install so we think maybe download counting is now broken on atmosphere 
Yeah, I've always had an issue with that. I but I've I've seen counts go up, uh, but like to see that this has been out in the last week, and I know personally, I have installed an application that's running this code. Like mm-hmm. I know that I should be counted as one app install. Yeah. Well, you know, it's going to get better. The reporting with with uh, census. <laughs> you mean once it goes to npm js and we get reporting from them instead of from uh. atmosphere which is you know i i also found it funny like there was some conversation that happened in the slack chat room around uh how how this all works as we were talking about it and like atmosphere is really just a data informational site like it doesn't do anything it doesn't host anything it just like allows you to browse a bunch of information that they've gleaned off of. Uh, I think it's called Troposphere. Yeah, you were you were telling Tim about that because yeah. Know that so, like, I, I did a lot of research and studying. Uh, I had a an article. I don't think I ever wrote it about how the package system works. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth writing now because I mean this thing will be dead in nine months or whatever. Well, talking about reporting installs and and everything. Did you listen to Transmission Ten? I have not yet. No, give me the skinny. I haven't been running in like a couple of days. So I'm interested in in your take on census mm. on that package. Did you have a chance to like pick up on on like that reporting? I no, I haven't. I haven't looked at anything since I told you about it. We were talking on the like sharing that forum link, and I was like, "This is." I don't know. I feel like there's not enough alarms maybe being raised like i don't i honestly they've been tracking a lot of information about your meteor apps for a while so yeah yeah Um, well you'll really like the show then yeah yeah yeah. i'm gonna go out running later so i'll uh, make sure to queue it up and take a listen yeah very cool and you know that might like increase our uh, analytics a little bit more on like uh, packages or whatnot i found it really interesting what um zoltan was talking about with atmosphere. One of the questions on the Q and a, were you there for Zoltan's Q and a yesterday? Mm -hmm. One of the guys said, Hey, are you guys going to be deprecating atmosphere? And Zoltan's answer was like, he took a a long pause to answer it. And Mm -hmm. so you could tell like a bunch of stuff was going on in his head. Yeah. Uh, But the answer was like pretty interesting. So pretty much the gist of it is, is he sees, Atmosphere packages going away, everything going to NPM packages, right. but, but Atmosphere itself staying. So pretty much like the package manager, like Troposphere or whatever you said, that's going away, but Atmosphere staying right. and it would be a filtered subset of NPM packages that were, that they're tracking that are just Meteor specific. Right. So yeah, maybe you put like Meteor colon true in your package.json and then <laughs> this is going to be a thing to write, right? You're going to have to be like consuming packages coming in and grabbing those IDs and tracking them. I don't know if there's a way to like use the API to do a search, but yeah, that, I, I could see that being interesting. But you know, the thing is like, I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but to me, it doesn't feel like atmosphere has been touched in over a year since the purchase happened. And like I called for, MDG to open source it. There's really no reason. Like, I don't think there's any competitive reason for them to keep it closed source at this point. Like let the community make it better. But I, yeah, I, I think, think they want to, I think they have the story still out on what they're going to do with atmosphere. There's a change. I, I think the me. fact that the story is still out over a year later, like tells me that really they've probably made a decision. <laughs> a non-decision is still a well, decision. 
I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. They still have a, a really small team. The Percolate mm-hmm. people came on board and right away they integrated them on like really critical level projects. Galaxy, uh-huh. yeah. They, they were like the original team pushing Galaxy forward. Yep. Yeah. And now Zoltan is uh, is the project lead for Edir. Yeah. So Dom has been insanely busy with uh, with everything UI-wise over there. Uh, there's another guy that came over, and then there was Tom. It's not like they've had the time, and they're neglecting it like that. But to hand it over to the community, I don't know. I, I mean, it, like at some point you have to realize like you're never going to be able to get the kind of velocity you need out of the team that you have. And you got to be able to start trusting other people. And I, I think that's a lot of what you're seeing with them switching to breaking up the repo and allowing mm-hmm. other people in and that kind of thing. Like, I think it's just a realization that their team, like hiring more people isn't necessarily the best answer for Meteor and for Galaxy because obviously if you're trying to build a, a like competent, uh, scalable hosting system, like again, you don't want to be supporting 30 people working on this open source thing that only accounts for like, let's just say 90% of their business right now, but that number is probably going to go down. Um, and so Meteor itself is just going to be seen as a cost center to MDG like supporting Meteor. And that's why I think they're, they're becoming more and more okay with like working with the outside community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am totally for atmosphere going open source, but after, after it pivots, there's a pivot coming. Zoltan just hit it. Just like hinted at it. So mm. interesting. Yeah. Now I got to watch it. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in this week and uh, check us out next week. We'll be back same same time. Well, I guess the time doesn't matter to you because it's asynchronous and I put it up on YouTube and on the feed. But I'll say this next week. uh, I got an email from Rye. I haven't even told you this yet, but he wants to. I saw it. I saw saw the message. Yeah. You saw the the message? Did he CC you or something? Uh, I saw it in Slack or Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I said it on, on Twitter. You're right. But yeah, so he's going to be on next week as a uh, special coming back from the dead co-host. Uh, I'm Ooh. excited to talk to him. So, um, Do I get to come? If, if you want, we could try to make that work. <laughs> no, go, go for it, man. Tweet, uh, you know what? Let's, let's hear from the fans. Everyone tweet. Tell us. Like, do, you, do you like when we do – like we've done a couple shows with three people or do you, do you prefer two? And, uh, we'll I prefer two. I prefer two, and I would really like to have like a retro, a retro crater show. Yeah, with right. Rye, yeah, with you two guys. Okay, we'll we'll see. Yeah. We'll get it figured out. But I'm like voting myself off. <laughs> kind of weird. Get off the island, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as always, uh, if you love the show, you can support the sponsors: Modulus.io and DigitalOcean.com, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com/slash/MediaClub. Uh, again, I still haven't sat down with Patreon to figure out how to change that. Um, I think I may just get off Patreon at some point and move it to spacedojo.com. It's been like eight months you've been saying that. I know, I know. I don't believe you. No one believes But my you. project this weekend is actually like getting credit card charging going on spacedojo.com so people can buy the courses I sell on there. Cool. So once that's done, like doing a monthly subscription isn't that hard either. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. See ya.
This has been a Space Dojo production. You can find out more information about Space Dojo at spacedojo.com. It's easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. That's S-P-A-C-E-D-O-J-O dot com.